Hi, and welcome to the Young Family Small Business Podcast, the show that deep dives into conversations with experts in small business, raising a young family, or are shining examples of mastery in both. My name is Ben Walker, and I'm the founder of Inspire, Life-Changing Accountants, and the host of this podcast. This episode is sponsored by Inspire, Life-Changing Accountants. We've worked with thousands of business owners since we started in 2013, and we're best known for saving our client base a total of $17 million in tax and counting. For every dollar of tax we proactively save a small business, Inspire donates a day worth of access to life-changing food, water, health, or sanitation services to a family in need. If you're interested in speaking with an accountant to see how we could help your business, head to inspire.business forward slash chat. My next guest is Ben Murphy. He's the co-founder of Cooler Health, a wellness business based in Brisbane. It shows driven business professionals how to look after their health in the same way they do their work and their family. Over the last eight years, he's been voted one of Brisbane's top 10 personal trainers, and he's helped transform over 650 individual bodies and minds, along with giving over 800,000 days of access to clean drinking water through their happiness and healing campaign with B1G1. Uh, I've loved my conversation with Ben. I've I've been a uh, a client of his for a number of years now, and vice versa, actually, But uh, and and love going down to Cooler. In fact, um, about half an hour ago, I got back to the office from an awesome massage there. So uh, yeah, really looking forward to uh, sharing what we had to say. Uh, there's some awesome gems around um, keeping a, a handle on your health and and it's more than just going to the gym, which I, I really love about Ben's philosophy. So mate, uh, appreciate the conversation with you and uh, yeah, hope I guess love what uh, we talked about. Thanks. Hey, Benny, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast this morning. It's been, yeah, I've been really looking forward to having you on. Pumped to be here. Awesome. Hey, first question on the podcast, as always, is tell us a bit about your family. Awesome. Uh, so there's my wife, Laura, um, and we have a 21-month-old son, Ari. If we want to go a little bit deeper, I've got a younger sister, Sarah, who just got married actually five weeks ago. And so that yeah. side of the side of the family is growing. And yeah, I guess what's interesting about our family, and probably we might go into this later in this conversation, is we have these amazing role models as, as parents. My, um, my mom and dad have been married for over 30 years and Laura's mom and dad have been married for over 40 years. And um, yeah, I think that's a big influence, had a big influence on you know, my relationship with Laura and Laura's relationship with mine. And I think that's getting passed down to you know, our son Ari now and you know, having these amazing role models as parents and seeing and um, yeah, experiencing all this love and you know, all these special events. It's, it's something which I'm noticing talking to more people about it. It's a, it's a rare thing to come by. So yeah, not to gloat, but just being super grateful for being around and having you know parents that are together and having those role models. Yeah. Laura's got two older brothers. Um, I'm the eldest in, in, in my family. So it's um, yeah, we're getting experiences from, from all ends of, of those sides of the family. Yeah. No, how good. And um, what what sort of things do you like to do with Laura to keep your relationship? I mean, you've got the business and, and Ari, but there's still the two of you. What do you do to keep yourselves um, yeah, in touch and that sort of thing? Yeah. I think as your relationship evolves and everyone's relationship is constantly evolving, whether it's evolving in the direction that the, the couple desires. Originally, when we started dating, we had this rhythm and it's changed now that we've got Ari, but we had a a rhythm called magical Mondays and wonderful Wednesdays and magical Mondays was 
we both didn't work on Mondays and we spent the morning together doing, you know, something fun. Uh, we used to go down to Anoga Reservoir and go for a hike and, and jump in the reservoir, go to the gym, do a yoga class, hop in the sauna. Um, sort of th- those wellness aspects is something that Laura and I really value personally and that, that comes out in our, in our relationship. That's evolved now with, with time and time constraints. An interesting perspective, we went away with Laura's brother and wife and they've got two little boys uh, to Hamilton Island earlier this year for seven days. And uh, we said, hey, we'll look after the boys. Uh, we had Ari and, and their two little boys. We'll look after the boys and you guys go out to dinner because that's what they really value. And um, we said, oh, do you mind looking after Ari every morning while we go to the gym and sauna? And so it just worked out so well flowing in with them because they value you know, this time together having dinner, which Laura and I, we love going out for a beautiful meal, but it's not something that we really value as much as having a sauna or going to the gym and you know, feeling amazing in our bodies. So things like that is, is what Laura and I love doing. Um, yeah. Our, our, one of our number one values is health and wellness and you know, being the best version of ourselves, not only for each other or not only for ourselves, but for the people that we care most about. And uh, yeah, I think that shows up in those activities that we love doing. Laura's a or has been a yoga teacher. So we, um, you know, I love going and doing those sort of classes with her and I'm a you know, personal trainer and she loves coming and doing you know, fitness classes with me. So it's finding that flow and that balance with each other that we, um, yeah, we sort of love doing. Yeah. Cool. And, and then, um, how about Ari? Like how's your, what do you do to sort of build your relationship with him? Yeah. I only work very conscious decision. We work four days a week. Um, I have what I call daddy Wednesdays or my wonderful Wednesdays with him. Uh, I cycle in the morning um, as sort of my fill my cup. And then I do this transition. I get home at 6.45 and Laura's straight out the door going to do her hike. Uh, and I have the rest of the day with, with Ari. Again, that evolves with the transition and the evolvement of, of his age. Currently at 9.30, we go to Kinder Gym, uh, the PCYC here in Brisbane. And he just goes absolutely wild for 45 minutes climbing over things. Uh, it's, it's really funny. This Just this Wednesday, a couple of days ago, we um, each two weeks, they changed the theme. So there was dinosaurs and there was another theme. I can't remember the one before, but this one's transportation. And at the moment, his life revolves around trucks and cars. And so we walked into this room, everything you could imagine, you could jump on, climb over. There's this one station that had you know, four little cars and you can imagine a little 21 month old little, little boy sees these four cars, he runs over. We don't do the class at all that Wednesday. All he's trying to do is pick these four trucks up, which his hands can't hold. He's walking around the room, not letting any other kid play mine, mine, mine. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's just cool to see that that's something that he values so much now. And yeah, he's just diving straight into. So that's sort of how our morning starts together on those wonderful Wednesdays with him. Yep. He's usually so buggered that he goes for his nap. And that's when I get an opportunity to maybe do something for me that day. This Wednesday, fortunately, we have an ice bath and sauna at home. So I did that while he was asleep. And then when he's waking up, we usually drop Laura in at work at lunchtime. Uh, and she is a, her day job's a chiropractor. So she's doing her chiro role that Wednesday afternoon. And I just go with the ebb and flow. If he's feeling energized and wants to go do things, we, we much follow his lead. We're fortunate enough to live across from a park and we might take the pram or the bike out and I'll follow him for two and a half hours while he just explores the bike paths of Brisbane and we find where we end up. And sometimes he uh, gets tired and puts his arms up and he says, up, up, up. And we're walking four or five kilometers home in my right arm. So yeah, that's sort of how the, the day sort of ends. And then we go pick Laura up from work, usually six, six thirty, and 
that's my evening where I cook and yeah, we spend some time together, you know, trying to prepare the food before Laura gets home. Uh, and yeah, when she's home, we, we cook and eat and we're in bed at sort of eight o'clock uh, most nights. So yeah, that's sort of that rhythm of that daddy Wednesday. And I've made a really conscious decision around having that Wednesday off, not only so that I can show up better for my work and my clients on the other four days, but <laughs> it's such an important time in in our kids' lives when they're so young. They're, you know, the first seven years, they they say that basically 90% of the, the brain gets molded and, you know, their values and attitudes and beliefs get molded in those first seven years. And I don't want someone else creating those values, attitudes and beliefs for my son. I, I want to be the one that's there, you know, trying to put that imprint on him and give him what I truly believe is the the best life. And um, yeah, Laura has a very similar belief and she gets a couple more days than me to do that during the week. So yeah, that that's where that sort of conscious decision come came from. And we're very selective and we're very conscious around making decisions on who he spends time with because you know their their brains are so you know malleable right now. And um, yeah, we want to make sure that you know, the, the right information and he's in the, getting into his brain and he's in the right environment to do that. Yeah. Yeah, good. I already got some gold nuggets out of that. Um, <laughs> so thank you. Okay. So in terms of like professionally, would you be able to walk us through your career before you and Laura found, uh, yeah, founded, created Cooler Health? Yep. So, yep. Yeah. I wind all the way back. I, uh, in school, all I ever wanted to be or whenever, while I was growing up was a professional golfer. Um, at the age of 12, I got I, I, you know, like every kid when they're young, they, they try every single sport at school and that's what I did. And I wasn't so great at every single sport until I found golf and I got, let's say good quite quickly. So I decided to just to delve down that path. And so all throughout school, I, I didn't really try and academic wasn't really my strong you know, side of my, my brain. And so whatever opportunity I could, I'd leave school, I'd go practice and play golf and uh, yeah, I got to finish school. And I moved down to the Gold Coast for three years to try and take golf full time and studied a Bachelor of Business and Sport Management. Also did a d- Diploma of Golf Management. Jeez, all in that three years. Yep, all in three years. It's sort of, you, get, you got credits from each, each component of it all. So it all, it was a yeah, beautiful sort of like end to it all. Mm. And um, in the last semester of university, I decided to do a Cert 3 and 4 in fitness. I lived with two guys at the time and we just, went to the gym and we ate food to try to put on muscle mass and lose weight or lose body fat. But we just wanted to know like how to do it better. And in that last semester, I was only doing one subject at university. So we had a bit of time and um, yeah, we went and did our cert three and four and went there just purely for, for building our own knowledge base. No, no desire to make it into a career or monetize it whatsoever. And that was probably like the, in reflection, like the best way to learn uh, when you're purely doing it just for yourself. Uh, and it was not until the second last day we had two students, two like alumni come in to talk about, you know, where they are now. And these two people just like blew me away where I was like, this is a life I want to live. This is like, yeah, this is the dream. And so, yeah, there was some political stuff happening. Like I think in any high level um, sport that sort of turned me a little bit off golf and yeah, some maybe self-realizations that wasn't going to be the next Tiger Woods. So I decided to take this path in, in fitness and that's evolved from the, you know, coaching clients for the sort of a lot of the vanity reasons uh, or just around looking better mm-hmm. to now taking more of this approach around wellness, longevity, 
showing and sharing people their potential and the ability to thrive. It's something that sort of excites me and uh, allows me to jump out of bed every single day. I was fortunate enough to be able to take that down the path of opening up a gym uh, in 2015, uh, sold that in 2017, um, and sort of divine timing. Laura was leaving her place of employment and uh, yeah, we opened up Cooler Health. Yeah, the whole idea around Cooler Health was we believe we have the greatest ever sick care system here in Australia. If you're really sick, you're going to get pretty well looked after and for free. Mm. What if you're not sick? And what if you're someone that just doesn't want to subscribe to the, the thought process of just surviving through life, but actually wants to really thrive through life? Where do you go? I'm a big, big believer that environment dictates performance. If, if you want to be a billionaire, go hang out with billionaires. If you want to be a junkie, go hang out with junkies. If you want to be really healthy, well, where do you go? Go hang out with really healthy people. You become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And so Kula is a Sanskrit word for community. And so the idea is to create a community health, a a place where people can essentially insert themselves into by seeing the the expert practitioners, by uh, coming to our experiences and events to put themselves into lift them up rather than pull them down and to make them the average of the five people that they're spending their most time with. And so yeah, we've been on this journey for the last four and a half years, creating this space and this place with you know, expert practitioners and the experiences, the uh, breathing and ice events. We do yin and yoga every single week. And yeah, we work one-on-one with clients, you know, trying to not only transform their, their body, but also their mind through uh, sort of a multi-approach of, of different aspects of health and wellness. Yeah, yep. And and if we've got the time, would you, and I've, I've worked uh, with you for, for years now and cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely love it. It's like when when I don't have a um, an appointment of something in a week, I'm like, whoa, I don't just don't feel <laughs> right. Uh, so, would you be able to sort of walk us through that philosophy? Because I guess, um, you know, I think it's more than just sort of Laura being a chiropractor or you being a you know a, <laughs> a personal trainer that kind of pigeonholes you. Because I think it's just yep. so much more. Like, what's what's your broader philosophy on health? Yeah, I think for someone that gets really sick, it's not one thing. Um, it's a synergistical effect of multiple things over a long time horizon. And just like that, to get really well, it's the synergistical effect of multiple things over a long time horizon. And so most people, you know, I've heard this, I've even seen it on billboards. It's an 80-20 rule. It's 20% training and 80% food. We actually created this framework um, called the power of health. And it looks at the body. So the individual, uh, where are they now? Not many people uh, assess. A lot of people guess where the person is. And when we make that assessment at the start, we actually can put the right plan in, pro- in, in play. So we first of all, look at the body and the individual. Uh, and then we look at five other things. We look at their mind. We look at the food. We look at uh, their environment. Uh, we look at mind, body, food, environment. I've gone blank on the other two. It will come back to me. But there's this synergistical effect that we need to be looking at all these key areas for the body, for someone to feel really good. So you can't just eat well, but sleep poorly and not move the body. Mm. You can't be hanging out with people that uh, have negative comments, talk about the latest in the news all the time and the fear that is Mm. in our society and expect to have a positive mind of, of gratitude. You can't train every single morning at the gym but then come back and eat poorly, think poor thoughts and 
wake up four or five times at night. And so this is where this synergistical effect of doing all these little things will come together to create what I call the power of health. And this gives that person that opportunity, not just to survive through the day, but to, to thrive. Mm, uh, how good. Cool. Like, what are the different experiences that people could come in and have? Uh, you kind of hinted on a few of them, but yeah, walk us through the different practitioners and, and what they do. And- yeah, awesome. Um, so we have all, what I say, natural ways of healing the body. Um, so we have chiropractic, acupuncture, naturopath, uh, massage, dry needling, um, massage. Um, so there's sort of the one-on-one experts that we have there to, to deal one-on-one with your needs. And then and it's like-minded people that are walking into our, into our space. So we want to connect those people. So weekly we have yin and yoga on Tuesday and Monday nights for those people to connect, or if people are not part of the community, it's a good way to, to start. Mm. Um, monthly or every five weeks, we run what we call breath and brew, which is a, a very, very transformative experience where people uh, do circular breathing for an extended period of time. And then we hop in the ice bath after, which is the brewer part. And yeah, we just ran one on the weekend. Uh, again, it, it was a, a very transformative experience for, for the uh, clients that came. It's a, it's a breath work that allows people, and this is how I explained it at the event, that they're essentially asleep, but awake and aware of all the feelings, the emotions and what's going on. Uh, and it puts a magnifying glass on, on your life and what's going on in your body. It's very hard to make a change when you're not aware of what's going on. People are sleeping through life. and this experience allows people to maybe wake up if they decide to and make the choice uh, to then be aware so that they can leave the experience to know that they at least can make a choice now to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, we've been running that experience for, oh, I've been doing that almost for five and a half years now. And it's, it, it lights me up every single time that we, we run them because I know a lot of people use the word transformative. It is truly a transformative experience for the people that do come and the power of the breath, the power of the cold, and you combine those two together, I could harp on all day, but you, people need to experience it. If you're at home now, maybe the next time you hop in the shower, just put the cold on and notice how you feel when you come out of that shower. It's uh, Your body starts to tingle and feel, feel super alive when you're out of it. Yeah, no, that's, that's cool. Uh, um, yeah, it's, from, from someone who's been through it, it's, it's an interesting process. <laughs> <laughs> But okay, so um, what, what I'd love now is is just your uh, your perspective on um, what you see with, when you're training or when you're sort of um, taking uh, you know, young parents or um, even business owners. Um, or yep. I think you've you've worked with that too. Um, like, what are some of the common threads where they start, and 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 what do you sort of start to focus on for anyone listening who, you know, maybe they're not sort of totally satisfied with their health. Like um, from from your experience, where do you sort of start that conversation and and what's the low-hanging fruit that um, people might be able to yep. start with? Awesome. The number one thing, uh, if there was one tip or one bit of advice is to change the result, you need to change your environment. And you need, as I said before, billionaires hang out with billionaires, junkies hang out with junkies, healthy people hang out with healthy people. You need to put yourself in that environment or at least get the people that are around you to want to change the environment that you're in. And so what I mean by that is it's very hard when I see a client come into the gym or want to start doing some work that they, they have these amazing goals, but then they go home and the fridge and the pantry is full of shit food or you know, highly processed, ultra processed fake food. Um, their, their partner you know, doesn't want to hop up earlier with them or move into those healthier rhythms um, with themselves. So 
it's getting that support network or getting that environment around you is the biggest thing to set up for success. And I love training couples because when they're both bought into the process, it, it's truly like um, amazing to see the difference in those results. So number one would be environment before thinking about anything else. Uh, the next three things that uh, the next thing I would get most people to look at is the thing that they ingest most of. Uh, air is number one, water is number two, and food is number three. Now, are we breathing in quality air? What do you mean by that? Hey, great question. Where I am right now, um, I'm in, I'm in a, a small space. I'm recirculating. Not sure if the, the vents or the fans are on, but I'm recirculating a lot of my, you know, my own air. Inside air compared to outside air is 10 times more toxic. Wow. And so if we're constantly recirculating this 10 times more toxic air, and, and that's the thing that we breathe in most every single, take into our body most every day, well, then we're creating a pretty toxic body. And so what most people could do is um, one plant uh, per four square meters uh, is sort of a recommendation. Yeah, um, that'll be in the show notes. One plant <laughs> for SQM. There we go. The thought leader on this around in Australia is Nicole Bilsma. I'll link you to that as well, Benny. She's got an awesome book called, uh, I think it's Healthy Body, Healthy Home or Healthy Home, Healthy Body. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she, talk, she talks a lot about that. So number one's air, um, getting outside as obviously as much as you can, or if you can have the windows open and letting cleaner air come in. You know, I've got technology now, air um, not only humidifies, but what's the word I'm calling looking for? Air, um, like the Dysons we have on at home, yeah. you know, cleans the air, those as well. Purifier? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Air purifier. Purifier. Yeah. It humidifies and purifies the air. Mm. Um, number two is water. Tap water is super toxic. There's so much study and research coming out now around ingesting fluoride, chlorines in our water, like not good for the gut. It's just creating more toxicity. There's so much around fluoride and neuro, um, neurological uh, disease um, and issues coming up now. You know, we're seeing depression, anxiety is at the forefront. Um, you know, uh, suicide is the number one killer in males between 19 and 49 here in Australia. Um, and COVID. Sorry. That's another webinar. That's another podcast. And so, like, you know, we're seeing all this research around fluoride ingested and this, you know, neurological issues and diseases. So, making it, there's a really strong link, you know, not just my belief, but there's a a lot of research and peer reviewed papers out there at the moment. If you want to type into PubMed, fluoride and, and drinking water. Yeah. And so, it's super important to have a, to have a filter. Again, Nicole Bilsma has this beautiful quote says, if you don't filter your water, you'll be the filter. And if someone has had a filter at home and you look at the, the casket, when you pull it out, the, the sediment, uh, and which, which you can see is quite disgusting. So I would suggest people filter their water. Unfortunately, the ones on your fridge uh, don't do too much except change the taste of the water. It doesn't remove the fluoride or the chlorine. They're sort of the two big ones and those contaminants. Yeah. And then the last thing is food. People these days eat highly ultra processed, fake, dead food that gives them absolutely nothing. Yeah. Benny, if you think about this, most people go to reach for, for the cupboard or the fridge when they're hungry. And looking at you, me, we're, we're living human beings, we're alive. You know, we've got the, these cells, we've got mitochondria buzzing inside. And we go to the cupboard, we go to the fridge, and what we grab out is usually something that's been or can sit there for, for years dead, has no life towards it. So we consume it. Our body breaks it down, uses energy, even more energy, making us more tired. 
in the hope that we get some nutrients, we get some life force back from the food. But unfortunately with this ultra high processed food, it's not giving us anything back. And then we get in this cycle where oh, I'm hungry again, because it didn't really give me much. And so we go to the cupboard and we grab that you know, ultra high processed, dead, no energy food. And what happens again? We break it down in the hope that it's going to give us some life for some energy back. And it doesn't. And we keep repeating this cycle. And this is where we're starting to see people more unhealthy and healthy into this rapid cycle of, of yeah, not feeling good, surviving through the day, not happy with the way that they feel or look anymore. And so that would be my, my third thing is eat things that are, that are real. You go to the go to the farmers markets on the weekend and experience what's in season. Get stuff that would die in the fridge or, or the cupboard after seven days. Uh, and, and give us some examples of what you're looking for there, like because obviously you can't take a live lamb home, but uh, yeah, well you could, but yeah, yeah, you haven't seen my backyard, Benny. <laughs> I'm joking. So I mean, I mean, like things that had you know two eyes that grew in the ground not something that's made of, you know, seed oil. Um, and it can be, you know, that that's packaged that can sit in a, in your cupboard for, you know, years and, and months. So depending on what you believe in and, uh, what makes you feel good, you know, good quality meats, butter, fruit, vegetables, these things that haven't gone through a multi-layered process to get to where you are, things that have basically been picked out of the ground or taken to the abattoir to, to be put into your fridge, sort of those, those things that haven't gone through yet through this multi-layered process to be digestible, essentially. Yeah, no, very cool. Yeah, awesome. No, really good food for thought. And I, in pun the pun, but I, um, I was looking at the, um, going to the shops um, and I think we were looking for like tomato paste. We were making pizzas up at the in-laws and, yep. um, and just comparing a couple and just flip over the back of them. And some of them just had like a paragraph worth of ingredients and, and then grab this other one, which was like probably twice the price, but you know, organic. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's got like two or three. And you're like, geez, what, what are they pump full of it? And um, yeah. yeah, crazy. The, um, and I think back to your question, like what classifies as real food or not, like real food doesn't have an ingredients list. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's probably the, the easiest way to figure it out. You go to the farmer's markets, you're not having to look at an ingredients list to see what's in it because it's there, it's fresh. What's really interesting, if you want to look down this ingredients list um, topic is in Australia, they have to list in on the ingredients list, the most dominant ingredient to the least dominant. So when you're reading an ingredients list, it's not in alphabetical order. It's in what's the quanti- what's most quantity at the start all the way down to the end. And so like you're looking at some you know, store-bought tomato sauces, the number one ingredient is sugar. And then, you, then we're looking at water and then there's just some tomato flavoring, which is maybe like the fourth or fifth you know, maybe even the 19th, you know, ingredient in your, in your case, as you mentioned before. And so it's really important to have a look at that. There's so many different words for sugar these days. There's so many different artificial sugars, high starch, corn syrup, corn syrup, high fructose, corn syrup, sucralose, sugar, like that there's, I call it the sugar masquerade that sometimes there's a product that says sugar, but if you actually knew all the other ingredients, there's seven different other sugars in there. And why I call it the masquerade is because they're, it's, they're literally trying to mask in there that there's not as much sugar, but there really is because there's so many different types. Um, so looking at the ingredients list, but if you want to change the environment, go to a farmer's market. You don't even have to spend or waste the time looking at your ingredients list and maybe then just buy those other essential items that you can't get at the farmer's markets that are you know, a bi-weekly shop at, at Woolies or Coles. 
I think we've been doing that for maybe 18 months now. We yeah. kind of started doing that around about the same time when we we're spending a lot of more time at, at home. Yeah. But yeah, no, we, we love it. We make a family thing of it. And I think I've even seen you at the Northern Street. I've seen you there a few times. Yeah. Getting the, getting the veggies and all the good stuff. So, ah, cool. Yeah. Okay. So we, we've spoken about low-hanging fruit being being environment and then your air, your water, and your food. Cool. Do you want, do you want some more? Yeah, let's let's give it a nudge on. Cool. We've um, been talked about chiropractic or yeah, you know, moving your body or anything like that. It's just that stuff at the start. That's interesting. Yeah, I th- I think I think Benny that there's what I talk about. If someone comes to the gym for one hour a day, six days a week, there's so many other hours in the in the week for them to to create change. And the gym is sort of the icing on the cake. Uh, it's all the lifestyle things that people need to start to make a shift towards to make true long-lasting change. Prior to opening up the gym, I was at a commercial gym for three years and I was at that commercial gym seeing the same people on the same machines, lift the same way, do the exact same thing, look the exact same, feel the exact same from day one that I got there to three years later when I left. And I'm sure people listening to this have been at the gym and they're maybe in the same boat or they've seen that same person do the same thing over and over again, getting the exact same result. And yes, the gym is an important piece to the puzzle, but it's probably not the first thing that I would jump towards because there's so many other things that people need to address. You know, starting your day right, morning routine. Everyone has a morning routine, whether they're aware of it or not. Mm. That morning routine might be hit the alarm five times and roll over and check the phone and do 10 emails and check what the stock market did last night and whatever their, whatever their routine is. Or the routine could be, we wake up and we first thing we do is hop into a cold shower. Uh, we allow every single cell in the body to contract with the cold. And then when we hop out, every single cell dilates. So not only is the mind alive, but literally every single cell in the body is alive. Mm-hmm. And we could then go down to the kitchen and we could grab a teaspoon of uh, coconut oil. We could swish it around the mouth for five minutes. This uh, sets the right bacteria up in the mouth uh, for the day. While you're swishing around in your mouth, uh, it, sorry, it also cleans your teeth and makes your teeth nice and white, and it also teaches your body to, or your yeah, your body to breathe through the nose. So you're at the first five minutes of your day, you're actually breathing through the nose and not mouth breathing. The mouth is for three things: for for talking, for kissing, and for eating. And the nose is for breathing. And so they could do some oil. It's called oil pulling. If you if you're not sure what it is, yeah. um, if you want to type that into Google, mm. you could be oil pulling. And then you could start the mind right with gratitude, a blank bit of paper at the top. I'm so happy and grateful now that the first five things you could write what you're grateful for in life. And the next five things you write down what you're grateful for in life, but it just hasn't quite happened yet. Because mm-hmm. Benny, everything in life happens twice. It first happens in the mind's eye and then happens in reality. And the more detail and the clear you are about what the future holds uh, in your mind, the quicker, the sooner, the more real that it will come. And I know when we've worked together and we did this, it sort of happened for you as well. Absolutely. And I, I reflected with one of our accountants here, Riz, yesterday. Uh, we were talking about like um, some, some goal stuff we did as a business a few years ago. We, we, sorry, we did a workshop for the team, not, not planning out Inspire's goals. It was actually a team goal workshop. Hmm. And he was cleaning out the house and he pulled it out. And he's like, oh, I'm kicked off, ticked off about 90% of these so far. He was blown away. And, and I remember looking back on stuff I've done like that and going, whoa, you know, it, it's, if I think back then when I wrote that goal, 
how soon that would happen. I would have thought it would be much longer. And I'm just blown away with um, yeah, the, the power of actually writing it down. And I've heard that before, and you know, this whole manifestation stuff, of, you know, all of that stuff, which you know, to me, can kind of seem a little bit woo woo or whatever. Mm. But like evidence, <laughs> it's just worked um, at least for me and and people sort of close to me time and time again. It's um, it's insane. So, yeah, and wow. sometimes sometimes we wait too long for the evidence to realize that it's that it's good for us. You know, doctors used to prescribe smoking to to patients because it it used to be supposedly good for them, and it took too long to realize that it, that it's not so great for you. And so we're seeing that more and more now. You know, lots of different topics like electromagnetic frequency, and yeah. you know, it's it's supposedly safe according to the experts at the moment, but we're seeing more and more cases of cancer and sickness and disease and depression, anxiety. You know, there's a lot of peer-reviewed papers coming out at the moment that's linking to EMF and the, the harmful effects of that frequency that's in our society and constantly around us right now. Uh, Everywhere. If I look in this office, I mean, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, like eight devices around me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, just linking back, back to that morning routine, those, those three simple things, it's you're, you're priming your body, hmm. you're priming not only the, the mouth, but you're priming the way to breathe for the day, which is meant to be through our nose. And then you're priming the mind. And that's why I choose those three things to start every single day because then I've set my day, you know, 10 steps ahead from if I was to wake up and do those other things that I mentioned, mentioned earlier. Um, and then, you know, you're, you're choosing to thrive. You're not choosing to survive. The people that survive through every day choose that. They're just not aware that they're choosing that. And so maybe from this conversation that we've had today, people are aware that maybe they can set themselves up better to, to start tomorrow and to maybe show up better, not only for themselves, but their family, their, their son, their daughter, their, their partner, their, their work colleagues. It's um, every, everyone makes a choice. Just some people are not conscious that they're, they're making it. Uh, cool. And I know we've had some conversations around this, but are you able to share some, some tips for, I guess, getting the best out of your sleep? Yep. It's another huge part of your life. <laughs> just, just like the morning routine, the, the, there's a nighttime routine. And yeah, we might come back to, to EMF. There's an amazing book, Why We Sleep, by Dr. Matt Walker. And some of this, these statistics are, to, are from him. It's someone that, that sleeps um, on average four hours a night, which I know a lot of people do. Their testosterone levels are 10 years their senior. So if you're 40, the 10, your testosterone levels are 10 years your senior, so you're at 50. Um, testosterone is linked to you know, aging, loss of muscle mass, bone, less, loss of bone density, loss of sex drive. You know, these things lead to aging. These things lead to just surviving through life rather than thriving through life. Um, and this is also the equivalent for, for females, you know, the, the loss of the sex drive, uh, anxiety, stress, quickness in aging. Another study that uh, Dr. Matt Walker did was uh, he deprived, uh, so group one slept all through night and group two, he deprived from sleep that night. Uh, and then he did a test the next day around learning. And just from one night, of not, not sleeping, the group that didn't sleep um, had 40% less capacity in, in memory and learning um, compared to the group that did. And I know so many, so many people that have to stay out late for, to get a you know, project across the line or to, to, do, to do this or to do that. And imagine how they show up, not only for their work, but their, their family, uh, for their kids the, the next day. And essentially the hippocampus is like this inbox of the brain. And, and in that study, the hippocampus is literally get, got turned off. They, they couldn't see activity in, in the hippocampus. So imagine trying to take in information the next day with work, 
being present for your kids or your wife, your partner. It, it's, you know, sleep is so, so important. So how, how can we improve it? Always comes back to routine. First thing I talk about is sunlight, getting sun in the day. Fortunately, so many people sometimes don't even spend any time in the sun, but the sun helps set the circadian rhythm. This is this internal body clock telling us when we're supposed to be awake and when we're supposed to be asleep, tell us when we're hungry, tells us when we're not supposed to be hungry. When we're inside all day, usually under these bright LED lights, the body thinks that it's midday because when else is that this bright prior to us being indoors in you know, commercial spaces yeah. in the middle of the day, right? And so if someone's in this bright light, six o'clock at night, seven o'clock at night, eight o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night, the body, the internal body clock thinks it's midday. So when you go, honey, kids, let's go to sleep, switch the lights off and lay in bed and you're open eyed, can't fall to sleep, toss and turn, continually, you know, waking up. Well, it's not that the body doesn't, that your mind doesn't want to go to sleep. It's your body literally thought it was midday a second ago. And now you're trying to tell it it's nighttime. Like, you know, na- nature can't change that quickly. So making sure that you get sunlight during the day, the sunlight helps activate this thing called the mitochondria. The mitochondria is this little battery inside every single cell of your body. By getting this and activating this, it also turns on melatonin. Melatonin secretes at nighttime. Essentially think of of this process at nighttime as there's a cleaning company that comes out at nighttime and they they clean up all the toxicity in your body. Now, if you haven't activated the mitochondria during the day, which then comes on this cadence of activating the melatonin, the cleaning company doesn't come out at nighttime. It doesn't clean up the toxicity. You wake up drowsy, you wake up sick. And we're seeing now people massively increased cases of, of severe sickness, cancer, strokes, heart attacks, cardiovascular disease, because it's over this long time horizon that they haven't been getting the correct quality of sleep and they haven't had this cascade of hormones been released to clean up this toxicity in their body. So getting sunlight in the day and then ensuring that when the sun goes down, you start to turn all the lights off at nighttime. You might put candles, you might put the the low level lights on like yellow or red lights on in your house at nighttime. Himalayan salt lamps. Himalayan salt lamps as well. <laughs> Another thing as we briefly touched on was the electromagnetic frequency before Benny. If you have Wi-Fi at home, uh, have it on a timer, turn it off, turn, turn your screens off at, um, at nighttime. You want to start to tell the body that it is nighttime. Uh, you, you can't fight the, the, the natural laws of nature and, tell the mind, tell the body that it's daytime. And then all of a sudden trying to tell it's nighttime. Another one for, for, for busy people, for business owners that can't switch their minds off for, for parents that have got a lot to do. Um, it's called a mind dump. Have a blank bit of paper beside your bed. I've got a, a literally like a diary book beside it. Write all your to-dos down, write everything that's in your mind. It'll be there for the morning. You don't need to remember it overnight. There's so many amazing thoughts that come to my brain when I'm about to fall asleep. And I'm like, oh, I should remember that. And I like, roll yep. quickly over, scribble it. All right, back to sleep. And so, yeah, that, that's another thing um, that I found very helpful. Um, I actually read that out of Richard Branson's book uh, that he does that uh, uh, and yeah. started trying it a couple of years ago. And yeah, it's been a massive success for my, for my busy mind. Cool. And I know that things like um, alcohol aren't fantastic for sleep, but also children can kind of affect that or young ones <laughs> up, up, up during the night. And uh, I just want to mention as well on the on this podcast, I've, I've interviewed a, a lady called Lisa Dinney, who's a, um, a child uh, sleep consultant. So if anyone's listening who, who wants some sort of targeted stuff around how to get kids sleeping better, 
uh, then feel free to um, to listen to that episode. Uh, I might actually link that one in this show notes as well. Cool. Back to probably family and Ari with sleep. We've sort of like let that whole process like just flow how we feel is naturally been best for him and our family. Yep. When we first, when he was first born, we like did the co-sleeping sleep between us. Uh, and then we uh, have a, we agree with the philosophy of Montessori and we try to set his room up with his mattresses on the ground so he can come in and as he pleases and he transitioned to his room on a bed and we noticed he was coming in maybe one or two times a night to, to come back to us. And just with, with business and, and life and everything that we're trying to work on and achieve at the moment, sleep's so important to us. And we've just found him sleeping back between us has just, has just worked. And he literally sleeps now through the, the whole night. Uh, and if he does wake up, he'll wake up, see us there and he'll, he'll go back to sleep. And um, I know there's so many different methods and ways, but I think it's just connecting back to intuitively what feels really right for you and what's getting the, the desired result that, that you want as well. And so, yeah, we're doing the co-sleeping with Ari right now and um, yeah, it's working, working really well and we feel energized when we wake up and, and yeah, getting through that process. I know that, um, I don't know what, what chemical in your body or your adrenaline, but uh, <laughs> it wakes up in the middle of the night just from zero to screaming. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> and just jump yep. up and go to work. But yeah, that's not fantastic. But anyway, trying to minimize the amount of times that happens. But, um, Been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, hey, thank you so much for um, spending the time with me. Yeah, you know, I'm a, I think we're, we're clients of each other. We're, we've been mates for a while. Really appreciate your your input here to to help young families with um, who run small businesses. So, if anyone wants to get in touch, like what what are some of the ways they can do that? Yep, yeah, um, coolerhealth.com.au is our business website page. Uh, we run retreats each year called Cooler Unplugged. We take essentially young families, business owners away for, for four to five days to unplug so they can plug back into what truly matters to recharge themselves back up. Mm. So we run that yearly. We run uh, Breath and Brew events every four to five weeks. Um, that all gets posted on our website. So that's probably the best place to stay in touch and yeah, see what's happening. Cool. And we'll post links to um, social media as well in the show notes if you do want to follow Ben and Cooler. And- awesome community awesome well thanks so much mate uh it's been great and uh, yeah i hope our audience has got some great takeaways from that i um i've got a, a handful of notes there myself awesome benny thank you thanks mate hey thanks so much for listening if you'd like to get in touch with today's guest you can find their contact information in the show notes in the podcast section of our website at inspire.business if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the Young Family Small Business Podcast, be sure to subscribe, leave a rating and a review. Also, do join our Facebook community. You can find that by going to youngfamilysmallbusiness.com. And if you're interested in speaking with an Inspire accountant, head to inspire.business forward slash chat, where you can book a free 20-minute strategy call. And lastly, to catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on my Instagram, uh, which is the at symbol Ben Walker, C-A, or one word, or at Inspire underscore accountant. Thanks again and see you next time.